When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is episode 34 of the holiday edition of Moon P-Jug and Hob. P-Jug, my wife, has decided not to do anything today because she's trying to get, uh, you know, the house decorated. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We hope you had a good time with your family. Uh, we hope there weren't any drunken brawls. There was many times where just hits the fan on the holidays. Yeah. Uh, we were at a Thanksgiving in Nebraska once at my mom and dad's. My uncle Leonard had a heart attack and we're trying to figure out if he's choking on a chicken bone or what's going on. He's gasping for air. And the next thing you know, nine one one's called and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh my God. <laughs> and you know, whenever we have one less player, we've got to bring in somebody that can fill time. Somebody yeah. that's an expert, somebody that can go two, three hours without taking a breath. That's why we have Mark price here. Hey, Mark. You know, that story, Thanksgiving, so many wonderful Thanksgiving memories. That's the one you focus on? <laughs> you know, I've always been kind of like the dark side of the moon. I can't handle tragic stories. And when people <laughs> tell me them, I go, no, 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 please. I can't even. Am I the only one here that's like that? Most movies have uh, some element in it. I don't like these days. We laugh about it because every movie we turn on by the third act or by the third minute sometimes there's somebody has cancer somebody has brain cancer <laughs> and it's like i go please please can we find a movie where there's no brain cancer please <laughs> where are you because you know it looks beautiful wherever you are yes i have been in the same place uh since i'm uh well 15 years old is when i moved into laurel canyon and then when i was about 17 i moved here and i've been here ever since the same spot that's awesome. It's got a lot of rock and roll history here. The birds yeah. used to live here and uh, they wrote the song. If you want to be a rock and roll star here, I like to theorize they wrote all their songs here because the lyrics make sense. Like uh, turn, turn, turn. That's the directions to get up to find sure. uh, eight miles high. That's kind of here. Wow. You can just see everything. You know, Minnesota, especially at this time of the year, just sucks hard. Okay, all right. Well, then I don't want to rub it into everybody. I just got back. I was on tour. I was in uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio, so I'm I'm familiar. Okay, now Mark does stand up everywhere, and uh, he's got quite a crazy background. Tell us about your dad and what your childhood was like, because this had to be interesting. Well, yeah, and then I'll tell you a little bit about my mom, too, because she's sick and tired of me just always talking about my dad, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, my dad was a legendary comedian from such an old school uh, world because he started when he was a little kid and he was born in 1919. 
So, you know, we're talking about like the 30s, like the earliest thing that I have on YouTube of him is 1938, you know. Wow. And then in 1940, he was on with Fred Allen on the radio. And that was the biggest thing going. There was Jack Benny, there was Fred Allen. And it made him really a national uh, star at that point. And, uh, and so he was um, early in the stand-up comedy game, if you will, really a pioneer in many ways. And guys like Don Rickles and stuff were kids by comparison, just the way it worked out when they started and how, you know, they all looked up to my dad. In fact, Don Rickles, when I met him, and of course, those guys, I don't bother with trying to say I'm Skippy from Family Ties or anything like that. I'm Al Bernie's son, you know, but uh, Don Rickles said, uh, kid, your dad was the best of us, kid, the best of us. And didn't he actually work with Rodney Dangerfield as well? Oh, man, he worked with everybody. He wrote with Lenny Bruce. They wrote together. Can wow. you remember that? And people forget Lenny Bruce was a suit and tie comic and came from that same world. I'm working with some of the kids of some of the famous comedians these days, like Mindy Rickles. She does stand-up, and she's very funny, and she's not doing her dad, and she doesn't come out there and like do an impersonation. But maybe she does an impersonation of her dad. Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter does a classic impersonation of her dad, but her show is so totally different. But, you know, at some point she lets loose with a little <laughs> impersonation of her dad. Her mom was white and Jewish. So she's half Jewish, half black, and she deals with that in her show and she talks about her dad at the Jewish uh, Passover table or something. It's really funny. You know, Richard had uh, MS and I have MS. And uh, so I kind of, started watching him a long time ago. I went back in, on YouTube and I would look at, you know, some of the specials that he did, some of the early TV stuff. And I really uh, can't even explain how much I love Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, I saw him live in Vegas and he had me laughing so hard that he had already told three more jokes and I was still laughing three jokes prior to that. I got to meet him when I was young and, uh, I actually, you know, my dad used to take me to the clubs in New York City and I'd be able to sneak in because of my dad. Really, you weren't, you know, and it was a, such a different era back then, you know. So with you growing up around comedy and, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, became really a, a big part of your life, you know, with your dad doing, you know, shows on the road and television, all that other stuff, uh, you know, eventually you did almost the exact same thing and spent a lot of time on a show called Family Ties, which we all totally remembered, and you played Skippy. I wanted to know when I found that out, how did that come to pass? I mean, how did you apply for that job, or how did you find yourself working with Michael J. Fox? I moved out to California to live with my dad, and uh, he they got divorced, and you know that was it. We were moving out. For, at the time, we thought maybe he was going to get on a sitcom, and maybe he would be like Mr. Belvedere or something like that, right? It was just um, a different era then. It was quickly the kids were becoming the main attraction on the different shows and stuff. So I was able to get, you know, a pretty uh, sweet spot there on that wonderful show. I was very blessed to be a part of that show. What did they pay for something like that? Do you oh. remember? No, I mean, I was just curious because you think about child stars and there's been a million of them. And a lot of them, you know, after they had success on TV and they did have a little uh, money and fame, then they would spiral and bad things would happen. Thank you. 
<laughs> thank God for stand-up comedy, really. That's been my saving grace, no doubt. Uh, because it's, I was like everybody else. You're young and you think, you know, oh, great. I'm one of those people that's just always going to make a shit ton of cash. This is fantastic. And, uh, and it doesn't quite work out that way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have to figure out a way to keep it going on. And I think a lot of uh, young people, and I wasn't a kid, really. I was more of a teen. You know, I joke about being a former child star, but really I was a teen star. And I came from this interesting background with my dad. And I, I was a very adult youngster. And I just lucked out. I, you know, I didn't, Michael Jackson never touched me and I still have all my credit cards. And I guess um, I feel bad for the ones that, you know, fell victim to all that craziness, the drugs and the, you know, but I definitely spent money like it was no tomorrow. You know, I didn't make all the right decisions or do anything like that, but uh, I can't uh, fight destiny. You know, you can steer it a little. I believe that. And I think you should try to steer your destiny, but you can't ultimately, you can't fight it. So I feel like, Hey, this was all meant to be. So after you got the job on family ties and you were moving, you know, around, uh, you know, doing basically what your dad did was your relationship with your mom still pretty close. No, we, we broke out uh, and then got <laughs> back together again. Uh, kind of, uh, she had it all worked out for me to go to Cornell and, have a good, you know, respectable family in New Jersey and do everything right. My stepdad was a doctor and, you know, retired now. And uh, she had a pretty good plan now in retrospect. But at the time, it just seemed like, yeah, right. Okay. And then <laughs> when she is hang out the comedy store till 2 a.m. or study to go to Cornell. Come on. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, after you've done both, which one do you favor? I mean, if you could have a prime time sitcom where you had some creative control where, you know, you could write or you could do whatever, or you could go on the road and, and, you know, have your own thing there. Well, that's which one question. would you pick? That's a good question. Cause you know, the guys like Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld, who were the pretty much the, the leaders of the, that's when I showed up at the, on the scene. And those guys were the already uh, at the status of the best and the most famous and the, you know, the most requested but neither of them had a show yet neither of them had a they weren't the host of the tonight show and jerry seinfeld wasn't on a sitcom and uh i think that um back then if you ask them they would say you know stand-up comedy is what they did and even now if you ask them and during their reigns as talk show host and sitcom star anytime you ask them what do they do for a living stand-up comedian would be their answer and i'm like that too i i live for that i love it but i i'm working on a script for a new show Nice. I, I, I actually, uh, beyond just working on it, I co-authored it and it's all completed and uh, there's a Bible. And these days we used to have a treatment back in the, uh, you know, way back in the <laughs> early 2000s. Now it's a, a deck. That's what they call it anyway. It's a treatment with pictures. Do you have an agent that you use? Oh, no, no. That's uh, I used to be with Jay Leno's agent, but now it's... Uh, flow from progressive <laughs> <laughs> i used to have a radio agent and he lived in pacific palisades i would go down to the comedy clubs on sunset i went to uh, the ice house i went to uh, uh hermosa uh, i was just trying to think of the, the clubs i'd been to 
Yeah, that's and, all the spots I, I when we first got out here, I got to go with my dad to all those places and they're amazing and you're, you're naming them all, you know. We actually lived not too far from the Westwood Comedy Store and that was where everything derailed uh, the most for me uh, as far as my mom's concerned. It's actually where I got, I just lucked out really because the laws there were different. In order to get the UCLA students, which is where Westwood was, where UCLA was, they couldn't set it up like the traditional comedy store. So it was... Uh, beer and wine only and they serve food so it operated like a restaurant and you could get in at any age you didn't need an adult with you and i could get in at 14 years old and that's where i started hanging out and you know watch those guys and became friends with the comedy store guys and ultimately they became my roommates the last time i went out there and went to a live show michael richards was there and when he came out i was so excited because I was a fan of Seinfeld and all that. I mean, he'd been doing stand-up for a long time. But I'm telling you, it was just awful. Before or after his uh, famous uh, incident? It was after the incident. Oh, well, come oh. On. Does he address it? Does he come out and say something about it right away? I don't know. It makes it tougher for guys like me. That's all I know between him. And uh, I like to thank Bill Cosby. Uh, making sure that no innocent character from an 80s sitcom ever gets laid on the road again. <laughs> I go, I work at these bars. I walk up on stage and because of Bill Cosby, none of the ladies even touch their drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Louis CK, you know, we had right, that whole thank thing. You. So for you, how many nights are you working a, a, a year? I mean, are you on the road like all the time? Are you married? I go out about 10 days a month. Tiffany will tell you the work part of that is the setting it all up. And all the stuff you do, you know, the actual showtime, that's that's the best part. It's the flying and the setting up the flying. And, oh, my God, the airlines now are taking such a big chunk. It's just crazy. What about the pandemic in Laurel Canyon and nearby? I mean, are people wearing masks? Are they behaving? Or is it just out of control like it is here? Well, uh, okay. So uh, not that I am a, a statistician on uh, what exactly is going on. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, more people wear their masks out West. No doubt. I notice that when I go to the East, I mean, at my shows and stuff, nobody's, nobody's wearing masks. Sometimes a little spittle. You oh, get yeah. excited. You're emotional. Oh, yeah. You're into the bit. A little yep. spittle. Yep. It's not intentional. You kind of ignore it. You hope nobody notices. Now I'm thinking, what if I just killed the first row? Right. <laughs> What a twilight zone world we live in. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. I mean, I'm sitting here online and I see where Minneapolis and Minnesota in general has been number one or number two for hospitalizations. And, you know, we have like one ICU bed in the whole state. I mean, it's crazy. The uh, National Guard's being brought in now. And they're bringing them into nursing homes wherever they have like spare beds and they just have like army medics trying to take care of people. Then you look on television and you've got sold out Vikings games. You got sold out hockey games. Right. And you're wondering, you know, well, why is this thing still spreading? I meet people after the show. That's what I do. I, how do I not meet people after the show? It's part of why they come to see the damn show. Yeah. I can't just ignore everybody. Ah, Billy Joel, see you later. <laughs> Skippy has left the building. Skippy has left the building. I have to stand there and sign things and say hello and take selfies and stuff. And, right. you know, it's a freaky, freaky world. Well, you don't want to come off as like a diva, like where you no. just don't come out after the show. And, you know, Mark is, is really is just as gregarious and warm as, you know, you're, you're seeing because you haven't met him before, Moon, but. 
Um, yeah, I just did a week at the House of Comedy at the Mall of America, and no one's wearing them hardly in the mall either. So Right. So what do you do? You put on a mask afterwards. Everybody looks at you funny when you come out with a mask on and they're not wearing one. And right. We were really good about it here initially and i think we've just hit fatigue because it's not going away like our midwestern i get, I get the fatigue part i get it i get yeah. it not to mention the unemployment stop let's be real this is an right. actual all these people that aren't at work that they, they they're not working they can't fill the positions where what are they living on who's getting is somebody still getting unemployment i'm not okay yeah. so i don't understand how that goes explain to me where all those open position people are where where what are they doing to stay afloat i know and then you always hear the supply chain Right. Oh yeah. Well, that's getting in the way, no doubt. I, I even me, I don't have any current or topical jokes. They're all caught up <laughs> in this crazy supply chain crisis. They're in a on a trawler in New Guinea. I understand yeah. they're coming to the port of Long Beach soon. Hopefully before you know the Christmas tour. Is there a stand-up when you're working on the road that you don't want to come on after because you know they're that good? Oh well, plenty of those. I'll tell you that right now. Sometimes my opening act, I go, look, could you keep it to 35? It's not because any other reason that I might have trouble following you if you do too much. There are some people that can follow anybody. I'm not one of those people. I'll tell you what's a challenge. Okay, so certainly, you know, anybody, that any classic comedian that's doing a long time in front of you, that's always going to be hard. But a lot of times these days, it was always three comedians in the format of a road comedy club. For so long, that was the way it was with maybe a guest spot. But now it's like 15 comedians. They do that where they bring everybody's on the whole town. <laughs> right. Oh, it's like comedy that's... karaoke or whatever. There's like 15 people. <laughs> and they go. And that's hard. That's hard to go on 15. You do what you got to do. I have tickets uh, to a comedy show that I've been waiting on for a long time. I've been a fan of Brian Regan for a long time. Oh, the best. And, you know, Brian's going to play at the casino here and not until March. Well, the thing about it by March is I'm hoping that COVID slows down a little bit. I actually had my fourth vaccine shot yesterday. Um, and nobody that I have heard of has even had four. Everybody's saying, well, you know, I should probably get my third if I qualify. But for me, because of a drug I take for MS, it wipes the vaccine out. So I really have zero antibodies. And, uh, you know, up until about an hour ago, I felt like sh all day. Oh, I'm sorry uh, for that, but it sounds like you're in good spirits right now. And Medical cannabis. There you go. <laughs> I was waiting. We've got a whole 20 minutes without you dis disclosing to one of our guests that you smoke weed. We should start that on the podcast. We should start a timer and maybe have an over-under <laughs> number. Countdown. <laughs> Countdown to admission to weed smoking. <laughs> We had someone on, Mark, and he didn't realize that, like, in the preview, you can see what someone's doing, and he's just, just puffing on a huge J. I'm taking like, a you huge know they ball. can see you, right? And he's like, no, they can't. I'm like, no, they, no, they can. Are you married to have kids? Uh, all I that, am, or no? I'm not married. I don't have kids. That's why I still have all my hair. My girlfriend and I have been together for quite a while, and so uh, it is graying. It is graying almost at a pres like a president's rate. Like <laughs> two more, one more nomination, it's over. It's going to be completely gone. <laughs> I use just for men. Do you ever do any political stuff on stage? Or you just steer completely away. 
I do a little bit. I go both. I take a little to each side, give everybody a little uh, laugh. You'd be amazed at how many Trump people and stuff are in my audience. And it took me a while to figure it out. And then it occurred to me, well, yeah, people know me from Family Ties. And Michael J. Fox played Alex P. Keaton, the ultimate Reagan Republicanite. In a lot of ways, he started the whole serious uh, Republican uh, conservative uh, worship, idol worship. He really did. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, he absolutely did. It hit me one day. I was like, that's why they're so, but I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I always have fun. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm not one of those people that hates on uh, people with different uh, opinions. When we were working on the radio together, uh, Hobbs would not let me at all ever talk about politics in any way at all and it was smart to to steer away because when you're on uh you know a microphone and our our station was really a huge one here um you know you just don't want to lose 50 percent of your audience and the place was so divided i mean everything is crazy divided now um and hopefully you know at some point we're all going to start getting along together and i don't i thought covid you know would you know kind of make people you know, calm down. And then I watch people driving, you know, SUVs through Christmas parades. And Oh my God. Can you believe that? That was so bizarre. Did you see that Mark? That happened. You know, I I'm scared in, uh, in the city of Los Angeles right now. And now I'm going to bring up a tragedy with Tiffany Norton, a comedian and a magician. His name is Matt price. Come on. It's a couple of letters away from my name. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I didn't know him, but I know who you're talking about. And you know what the story is right now, which is that just in the last couple of days, he was in, somehow associated like with uh he was a victim of a of a armed robbery where they shot him to death and uh and these stories you know that was right not far from where i live here and these stories are more and more it seems to me and uh, closer and closer and uh, everywhere and uh it's a it's a, again it's a crazy place we live right now a crazy time isn't it amazing that we don't hear about these kinds of stories from other countries I mean, once in a while, yes. But in America, it's not unusual to have a school shooting, some kind of a mass something or other, uh, active shooter, wherever, every single day. And I mean, geez, I don't know how we're going to fix it. I'm very uh, pro-death penalty. And what I want to do is I want there to be a cable channel dedicated to executions oh my god <laughs> you know what deep. i was never like that i was never like that but i tell you when when your young friend i tell you that's what does it to you right when when it happens to you you know what i mean and yeah. so when your young friend is uh taken away far with all the promise and all the possibilities in the world and uh you just you want the person that did it to 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 fry like bacon you want it to be you know forget the electric chair get an electric couch oh my god like when you're inside you know watching television or doing whatever and an idea comes down uh that you can use in your act do you have like a little notepad or do you use your phone to record ideas or i i have like an associate that i work with and i text them and they put it in the file and then every once in a while, I look at this massive file. <laughs> and then you have to kind of pick through and, and say, we'll polish that one a little bit or whatever. I've got my different sections of the file, you know, the uh, jokes that need to be added, jokes that need to be worked on, uh, current topics, you know, whatever. Did you see Hacks? 
No, I didn't. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, no, I did. I totally did. The older comedian yeah. and the younger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What a wonderful show that was. Fantastic. That was really good. Gene Smart's fantastic. And 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 having co-written the thing that I, I told you earlier, I wrote a script and everything. I just want to make it clear that it was I did not know about hacks or hadn't seen hacks when I when I had written co-written that at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, mine too is me and a young, uh, talented person that's uh, that brings the youth into the picture. And when I was writing it, I could relate to both sides, right? Because back in the day, I was that young, skinny kid with the you know and and then now i get to look at it from my perspective now and i get to put both sides into the script it was cool so when you write how long does it take you to do a project like that well there varies and there's no rules and i certainly don't do enough of them to have uh, to have any kind of uh, stats on it but uh we did it over the course of many months because we we uh, we did a little bit each week and grew it and did drafts of it and all that stuff okay so if you have success and this is picked up who's going to play uh the part who's going to play me they're going to be like <laughs> we need a young skippy type you could get your old. son moon you could get your son you could get you could get trevor to play young mark yeah my son actually he would go to uh you know open mic nights and he would run some of his stuff by me before he was going to do it. And I'm thinking, oh, no, don't do that. Right. And sure enough, that'd be the first place he would go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He would talk about me being in a wheelchair and how he bought me new shoes. And <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got a twisted, demented mind, just like his old man. Hey, so, so listen, we promised everybody we'd give my mom a little bit of cred here. Let's yes. wrap it with this her story because it's an amazing story. So she was a singer and show business so my dad was a comedian and they met on the bill together it was not an uncommon thing for the the girl singer they used to call them to open for the comedian when i was born i guess that i, I it was initially a cheap device for applause i was brought out at the end of the show trotted out like oh. a, like a prop from carrot top's trunk <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apparently it was an immediate applause when you bring out the little baby and the couple that just performed for you have had a baby and they're in love. And so that's what hooked me into the business. But my mom, it turns out, she really didn't, she really didn't enjoy show business. And you have to remember that it was a different era. It was the late sixties. It wasn't hashtag me too. Right. It was hashtag show us your hoo hoo. It was the mad men generation and people uh, and men in particular were rude to my mom in show business. She didn't like it. And so she got out and she actually became a cop. Oh, and wow. that's how much she hated it, that she would rather people shoot her and that she would, you know, deal with mafiosos and things like that than have to deal with the, the, the bookers and the agents and the comedians. And she just hated everything about show business and uh, including my dad. And uh, <laughs> so but she was she was um, one of the bravest and really did uh, go to the police academy and take on that world that wasn't really welcoming of women police officers. No. She was one of the first uh, ladies on the force. Wow, that's awesome. And she worked her way up and did all the promotions and all that stuff and did everything right. And then when she retired, she actually had a very successful uh, private investigator business, you know. So, oh, my God. Write a, write a pilot about your mom. That's yeah, cool. really. Like, I right, mean, you know go. what I mean? Like quitting the nightclub with the baby and then going to police academy. 
and she did a lot for me. And, uh, you know, I, I always remember my dad and he drove me to comedy shows and it was so much fun. He took me to Hollywood and, you know, I give him so much credit all the time, right. but she worked really hard too, uh, to make sure that I went to Montessori school and that I had a great upbringing. Cause really in suburban New Jersey, where we lived, it was very delightful. And, uh, we used to ride our bikes and play flashlight tag and she had the dinner bell and all that and she made sure that i was well taken care of so i want to you know it's thanksgiving so yeah. i always am giving thanks for my dad and i'm so grateful for him but i'm grateful to my mom and i want her to know that mark price do you have a website you could mention or yeah, something that we can uh, find it, you it's uh what is that casper it's mark that's m-a-r-c skippyprice.com yeah, Mark, uh, I've never met the guy in person, but man, he seems like he could be my bud. You know, he when he says he's an old school comedian, though, he very much is. He very much follows the older formula. And I don't mean old in a, in a pejorative way, but just it's a more classic delivery. It's set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. It's not storytelling. It's not meandering all over the place. A lot of his stuff is really succinct. He was in town at the joke joint, which you know, you know, it's no longer yep. in existence, but it was next to your favorite cigar shop, Perfect Ash. Yeah, I've um, been there a lot. But he self-books his tours. He looks exactly like Skippy grown up. You know what I mean? When you see him, he like, that's what Skippy would look like. And uh, yeah, so like there are some ladies that definitely fangirl about that. I had a gig actually rescheduled. This is a gig I booked in 2019 and it was to do a charity fundraiser in 2020 it finally just got rebooked for april of 2022 and i'm hoping it sticks i don't know if it will but wow. like you know like mark you know and, and friends of mine like that you don't if you are a person who per performs you don't really get unemployment like other people because you don't have an employer technically and it's very difficult for you to prove and to get that money and stuff and you know a lot of that stuff has run out and so people are going to take people are going to eat you know, people are going to take risks and, you know, go and get that money. So I just, you know, I hope nothing bad happens. Hey, if you ever have a guest suggestion, mm -hmm. you can send it to our email address, moonpjughobs at gmail.com. Moonpjughobs at gmail.com. Uh, it's not and Hobbs, by the way. It's moonpjughobs at gmail.com because I screwed it up when I started. Or basically just mash your hand on your keyboard and it'll probably get to us. Just, it'll probably get to us, it's yeah. It's just a jumble of letters. You know, and, and I go there every once in a while, we get no email. Yeah. Right? Zero. We were getting so, some good emails from Nebraska when we first started. They're not, the Nebraska gave up on us? Well, I think Nebraska's given up on everything. When the football team in Nebraska is not doing well, the whole state just goes completely silent. Have you started Christmas shopping yet? I did. I got one thing. I got one present done. One. And that's for your son? Yeah. No, actually the Christmas present I bought, it's for my, it's for my, it's for my fella. Uh, you know, P Jug got me a Foo Fighters shirt oh, nice. for our fifth anniversary because yeah. she knows that I believe that Dave Grohl is my higher power. I know. I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. Just, they are my favorite rock band. I just, God, I love them. I never get tired of listening to them. And so then what was I going to get her? I know that she likes these dark chocolate lenders. Okay. Okay. If you put those thing in the, in the freezer, when they come out, they are awesome. And so I ordered these bags of candy for her 
And she opened them up and she's like, I thought I told you you needed to back off on the candy mm -hmm. because she thought I ordered them all for me. Um, and it was actually a surprise for her. Okay. And then I have two other things that came in the mail and Amazon, of course, is here every 30 minutes. And so she opens up another box, which was supposed to be a surprise. I got her some um, earbuds for her iPhone so she can listen to the podcast right. while she's moving and grooving. And then uh, I have one more gift that is still coming yet tonight. You should ship that stuff to my house. You could hide it. I know. I found a... Uh, a cross necklace mm -hmm. it was just gorgeous mm -hmm. and uh i found it online and i wanted to get that and you know she's like yeah you know i want to have i want to you know have some say in it because you know when i buy her gifts i generally miss there's something really classy about a little tiny very well decorated very well wrapped box that contains like five 100 bills nice that is like really beautifully decorated oh yeah you know, that's the one thing about money. It's always the right size and the right color. Absolutely. No one returns it. No one ever returns it. One of the things that we do for Christmas is we're talking about the holidays a little bit. We play Win Moon's Money. Oh, I know. Well, remember, I did that. I did that. I copied you last year. We did that over at uh, over at Brian's house. It was really did fun. The teenagers <laughs> loved it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, you don't have to go crazy with the money. I mean, we do 300 bucks and it's for about 10 or 12 people. Yeah. So we have an eight-year-old that generally wins about 50 to 60 bucks, <laughs> right? And she is so excited when she leaves. So then last year, we didn't get everybody paid, right? And I was just going to either Venmo or send it by Zelle. And, you know, as time went on, everybody's like, you don't really have to pay us. But my granddaughter, she's like, where's my $58? $58. I remember when I was that age, $58. I was pretty sure I could buy a nice two bedroom family home in the suburbs. I was like, <laughs> 58 bucks. That's, that's some serious coinage. Well, if you uh, have nothing further to say, I know I'm out of words. I am out of words today. Uh, I think it's the fourth COVID shot. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to go lie down for a little bit. I think you should. Your and hopefully, him. yeah, you know, uh, the first shot, Sore arm, really sore arm, sore than any other shot I've ever had. Okay. Second shot, uh, I had a fever and chills for six hours, but I didn't feel horrible. Okay. The third shot for two hours, I was just really sick. I felt nauseous and just awful. Two hours and it just stopped because I was thinking, I don't know how long I can take this. Now, the fourth shot, Everything was fine all day yesterday. And after about 22 hours today, here it comes. My arm got stiff. I started feeling miserable. And uh, that's why I'm out of words. You need your rest. And, you know, I'm proud of you for doing it because it's not fun. I had to fight through it. We don't want it. But yeah, but if Moon can do it, if you can do it, and you have MS and all that other stuff that you've got to contend with on a daily basis, then other just freaking normal people can just get the goddamn shot. I, you know, I'm I'm really frustrated about it. Okay, everybody, next week another guest. Can't tell you who. It's a surprise. Surprise. With Moon P. Juggenhobs. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. 
It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopy Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.